Chapter Five of the Submarine Boys and the Smugglers by Victor G. Durham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter Five. Jack grows really weird. To the risk of his own life, Jack Benson did not give an instant's thought. No officer or enlisted man in the military service of the United States has any right to consider personal risk where his duty is plain but the submarine boy's present duty was not plain all he knew was that he must catch the smugglers if possible all that remained to be decided was as to which course would be wiser hoist the foresail jake commanded the skipper that'll be sail enough until we get clear of land that order brought benson sharply to his senses so far he had been concerned with deciding upon the better course now with a jolt he realized that the little craft had been cast clear of the pier and must already be drifting if he meant to get ashore he must do it either by diving or jumping fortunately he was spared the choice for the skipper in going astern to the wheel chose to leap upon the cabin and walk aft over the house in the name of pete what have we here growled the skipper stepping down a heavy hand was laid on benson's shoulder Grrrk! came a hearty snore from the quick-witted submarine boy a sleeper on board eh grumbled the skipper giving jack a harder shake then yanking him to his feet here give an account of yourself as yet the skipper had not seen the young naval officer's face for benson had been lying face downward now as he felt himself being dragged to his feet jack used one hand slyly to pull his sou'wester well over his face who are you demanded the skipper holding his catch at arm's length it was plain that he did not see enough of the face to recognize the youth who had vanquished him in daylight oh cried jack in a falsetto tone of alarm scared are you grimaced the skipper you'll be more so maybe before you're through with me here keep your hands off of me but benson had made no move to strike instead he used the fingers of both hands nimbly informing what looked like letters of the deaf and dumb alphabet come don't make motions ordered the skipper talk up Ooh! continued jack in the same voice which he hardly recognized himself his fingers flew faster than ever a deaf mute eh grunted the skipper jake that deckhand started aft but jack who now dreaded discovery of his identity more than anything else gave a sudden wrench which freed him from the skipper's relaxing clutch there didn't seem to be much need of holding the prisoner anyway for the schooner was now forty feet away from the pier oh yelled jack as he made a dive for the port rail of the schooner not a moment did he linger there but went over the rail splash who was it gasped jake halting by the side of the skipper who had stopped at the rail at the spot where benson had gone overboard get a boat hook and don't ask questions yet 
ordered the skipper jake speedily returned with the implement desired funny muttered the skipper grimly what asked jake that fellow doesn't come up maybe he came up under the hull and dazed himself jake suggested we'll soon find out returned the skipper for we're driftin and the feller's body would soon be in view body repeated jake with a slight shiver i don't care what that feller did to himself returned the skipper gruffly but he has no business to be found drowned near that pier it might look ugly for us jake that's so assented the deckhand for five minutes during which time the schooner drifted more than a hundred feet further off the ebbing tide jake and his commander watched intently but there was no sign of a floating body it's uncanny declared the skipper with a shake of his round head i don't like this kind of a proceeding you like it as well as i do retorted jake what are we going to do land and report this case and miss the night's work demanded the skipper not to any great extent we'll have to let the feller take his own chances go forward and haul in on the sheet jake started but there seemed to be lead in his shoes hurry ordered the skipper sternly if you don't i'll not waiting to hear the finish of the threat jake went forward and hauled in taking the wheel the skipper brought the craft around so the foresail filled steering the skipper at the same time let his gaze rove backward for more than two full minutes no black-clad body however came to the surface jake haul on the main sheet bawled the skipper finally jake came but as he hauled he called back see anything of that feller not a sight it's tough declared jake we'd better not go out tonight, skipper why not you idiot we won't have any luck skipper jake you're a fool haul away on the halyards yet as the schooner made her way out the skipper himself was by no means at his ease because most sailors are superstitious finding that black-clad figure of one who had not even the power of speech and then seeing that strange being leap overboard to his death was a blow even to the stout nerves of the skipper he himself would much have preferred not putting out to sea that night skipper hinted jake when he made all fast you better go a mile up the coast and anchor for tonight jake you make me weary came the answer in a tone of pretended disgust oh all right grumbled the deckhand as he turned to go forward i don't guess i'm any coward and i can take any medicine that i have to but you know skipper what dead men's fingers are said to do to a rudder shut up roared the skipper starting none the less and casting an apprehensive glance astern at the water it's all right jake assented sullenly i'll go to davy jones locker with you that's where we'll have breakfast in the morning whack a belaying pin struck the foremast but the skipper had aimed it at jake had the skipper been a man given to keener guessing 
he might have had a glimmer of an idea as to what had happened to the stranger at this very moment jack benson though decidedly wet was wholly comfortable in mind following his dive he had swum silently under water for a distance that he knew would carry him under the pier it was hard work swimming below the surface hampered with such garments as he wore and when he came up he was out of breath gasping as soon as he felt the air on his face but he was in complete darkness under the pier and resting on one of the cross pieces between the piling enough of the conversation from jake and the skipper came back to cause the submarine boy to chuckle quietly so i'm a dead man and going to be a ghost next am i asked benson of himself jupiter that may be a good thing to remember later on for i'm sure i'm going to see a good bit of that pair as the mainsail filled and the sheets were hauled in the schooner began to fade into the distance now i'll get on shore mighty quickly muttered the submarine boy letting go his hold he swam out from under the pier and made his way up onto dry land along the road he fairly flew until he came to the pier on which he had landed earlier in the afternoon drawing a whistle from his pocket jack blew a shrill signal on it it was answered by a similar whistle from the grant in the black night benson could not make out the figures of jackie's tumbling over the side into the gig but he knew none the less that they were doing it finally jack heard a slight creak of rowlocks next saw the cutter coming shoreward through the darkness then the cutter ran up alongside the pier to the grant coxswain jack ordered dropping into the stern sheets and give way with a will haste is the word none of the sailors discovered that their youthful commander was drenched the rubber coat hid the young lieutenant completely and it was natural in such a rain that it should appear to be wet all the way out to the submarine craft jack benson kept his gaze on the now very dim light at the schooner's foremast head i've come aboard mr hastings was jack's formal greeting as he stepped over the side returning his junior's salute have the gig made fast to the buoy and have everything in readiness for an immediate start very good sir was hal's reply with another exchange of salutes where's mr somers turned in sir let him sleep then we don't need him now hal quickly turned to give the order to make the gig fast to the nearby buoy for no boat may be carried by a submarine on a cruise gunner's mate called jack sharply that petty officer at once reported order the engine room watch on duty very good sir more salutes were exchanged all ready to cast off sir reported hal very good mr hastings make the anchor cable also fast to the buoy then station a man at the wheel do you see that light standing out to sea yes sir that light is to be our chase after we're under way mr hastings 
station a man at the wheel and give the engine room signal as soon as the anchor cable is made fast very good sir anchor cable made fast to the buoy sir reported the seaman approaching and saluting helmsman rang hal's voice aye aye sir do you see that masthead light two and a half points off starboard bow aye aye sir follow that light at six miles speed aye aye sir down in the engine room a bell clanged the grant moved slowly ahead gaining steerage way then in another moment the engine stopped leaving the submarine to drift find out what's wrong mr hastings called jack benson sharply hal darted into the conning tower and next below in less than sixty seconds he was back on deck saluting sir i regret to report that the engine refuses to work what's wrong asked jack with a start i don't know sir i believe it's a small break the engine room watch are all busy trying to locate the trouble take charge there mr hastings and find out as quickly as you can benson directed experiencing a feeling of sudden dismay hal darted below minutes passed as jack benson paced the very limited area of the tower platform turning every few seconds to look at the schooner's masthead light which was growing dimmer and dimmer end of chapter five recording by john brandon